there are four words that none of us likes to hear, especially after we have made a royal mess of our lives. None of us likes to hear the words, I told you so. Somehow these words seem to rub salt into our wounds. Now Jesus could have greeted his disciples with those words that they when he saw them for the first time after his resurrection. Now, what if he had called them a bunch of cowards, traitors, liars? He would have been justified in calling them those very names because that, in, in fact, they were. But instead, he greeted them with four words they least deserved to hear but needed desperately to hear. Let's turn to Luke chapter 24. I will read for you as you pay attention um, to the words on, behind me on the screen. Luke chapter 24, 36 to 49. While they, meaning the 11 disciples, you know that Judas had hung himself after he had in fact betrayed Jesus. So while the 11 disciples were still talking about this, about the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. I told you so, right? Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what the Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Peace be with you. Who among us this morning doesn't need to hear those words? Peace be with you. If you're heartbroken, grief-stricken, and fearful because you have messed up royally, I have great news for you today. Great news. First of all, peace be with you is an offer of freedom from your fear. Peace be with you is an offer of freedom from fear. Now, Jesus' horrible arrest, trial, and execution are still fresh in the minds of his disciples. 
and they know that somehow they could be the next ones on the cross. And so the doors are tightly shut, and they are hiding away in fear for their lives. They're hiding away even as a rumor is being circulated that Jesus is risen from the dead. But I don't believe that that's the only reason why the disciples are afraid. I believe that they are also scared of Jesus. You see, they had doubted him all week. And when he needed them the most, they had all abandoned and deserted him. And so they're feeling guilt, shame, and regret over what, in fact, they had done to Jesus. On top of that, he enters into their midst while the doors are tightly locked. And so they are afraid of him, thinking that he's a ghost, but they're also afraid to see him, to look him in the eye after they have failed him. I believe that you and I can relate to that. You know how you feel after you've failed Jesus. You know the guilt, the shame, and the fear that settles over you like a heavy blanket. You know how hard it is to look Jesus in the eye after what you've done. But this Easter Sunday morning, I want you to hear Jesus' four-word greeting to you. Peace be with you. I want you to hear these words not just with your ears, not just with your head, but with your heart as well. Let them resonate deep down in the depths of your soul. Peace be with you. If you're wrestling with whatever is keeping you from looking Jesus in the eye, I want to challenge you to receive this four-word greeting from him this morning. Peace be with you. I'm told that 10-year-old Shelley, she knew that she'd done something wrong the moment that she did it. And so immediately she began imagining the scolding and the beating that she would receive from her dad when they found out. And so fear gripped her heart and she burst into tears as she came running to her dad to come clean with him. But much to her relief, before the words could escape her mouth, she received a great big old hug from her dad with the words, it's okay, honey. I'm not mad at you. I still love you. I believe that Jesus' words, peace be with you, are his way of saying to you this morning, don't be afraid of me. Don't be afraid to look me in the eye after what you've done. Don't keep beating up yourselves with guilt and shame over what you've done. I'm not mad at you. I still love you. I want to challenge you to look at his pierced hands and side and let your fear of him and your fear of looking him in the eye be immediately replaced with joy. Joy over hearing the words, peace be with you. It is, it is Jesus' way of saying to you this morning, let go of your guilt, let go of your shame, let go of your fear over whatever you've done and receive the peace, the peace that I'm offering you today.
Secondly, peace be with you is an invitation to personalize your faith. Look at my hands and my feet, Jesus says. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Now, I believe that there may very well be a skeptic or two here this morning. And you won't believe this fairy tale or this nonsense about the resurrection. You need evidence. Evidence that you can touch, see, and handle before you're able to believe. Well, Jesus says, look at my hands. Look at my hands and my feet. Touch the nail wounds. Examine the evidence for yourself and then believe based on what you have seen. Now, this is Luke's account of the resurrection. But if you read John's account of this post-resurrection incident, he would tell you that Thomas, who was one of, his, one of his disciples, and Thomas could very well be referred to as a skeptic, he had not been with the, 11, with the other disciples that day when Jesus showed himself to them. Thomas refused to believe unless he could see and handle the evidence for himself. John chapter 20 and verse 25. Unless I see his, in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. But then the most beautiful thing happened because Jesus appeared personally to Thomas. He extended his hands to him and invited him to touch his wounds and scars and he invited him to believe. This is what Jesus says, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting, Thomas. You've doubted long enough. Stop doubting and believe. In other words, I am giving you a personal invitation to personalize your belief. To believe that I rose from the dead just as I told you that I would. And I did it just for you. And here is Thomas's response. It is the greatest confession that was ever made. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. What he's essentially saying here is, is this. Lord, this is my personal confession of faith. I believe that you are my Lord and my God. I don't care if it is not politically correct to say it. You are my Lord and my God. I don't care who calls me a Jesus freak. You are my Lord and my God. I don't care if my friends think me strange. You are my Lord and my God. What a confession to make. Now, it is, it is one thing to arrive at this confession based on the evidence. It is another thing to arrive at this confession without the evidence. But I notice that it is the latter that brings this blessing from Jesus. Because in John chapter 20 and, verses, and verse 29, Jesus said to Thomas, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen 
and yet believe. I believe that that includes us. We have not seen Jesus physically, and yet we have faith in him. We believe in him. That carries a blessing. Peace be with you is Jesus' way of inviting you to believe in him personally, to believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life, to the point of confessing him as my Lord and my God. I believe that I'm talking to people this morning who might very well say, well, you know, he is my grandma's Lord and God. Or maybe he's my dad's Lord and God. Well, what about him being your Lord and God? So that you can say, my Lord and my God. Thirdly, I want to say to you this morning that peace be with you means that everyone's sins can be forgiven. Luke tells us, then Jesus opened their minds. So at, at that point, they were still closed to the truth. And maybe there are some of you this morning who are still closed to the truth. Jesus has to literally open your minds and give you clarity so you can understand and see what he's saying. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in, the, in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. I believe that Jesus' resurrection from the dead gives the church a message that no other earthly institution has. We have been authorized to preach the message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins in his name. We have been authorized to tell people everywhere that because Jesus suffered, died, and rose again from the dead, their sins can be forgiven in his name if they repent. I believe that we can preach this message because we are witnesses. A witness, a witness is someone who experiences something. They have an eyewitness account to what happened. We, ha we may not have witnessed Jesus' physical resurrection, but he lives within our hearts. We are witnesses. We are witnesses. And so because we are witnesses, we, we can spread this message to people that their sins can be forgiven, no matter what they've done. No matter what they've done, no matter whether they've had an abortion, murdered someone, committed tax fraud, engaged in pornography, been promiscuous, had an affair with somebody else, or whether they identify as LGBTQ or whatever, they can be forgiven of their sins if they repent. That is the message that has been entrusted to us as a church to preach. And so we need to tell people that all they need to do, whatever they have done, all they now need to do is to turn to Jesus and to ask his forgiveness and to receive that forgiveness in his name so that their load of sin, guilt, shame, or fear can be taken off their backs. That is a great message. So glad that 
God has entrusted that message to us as a church, that people can be free from whatever condemnation they experience, they can be reconciled to God and forgiven of their sins. The Apostle Paul, writing to those people who had, in fact, trusted in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, he wrote to them in the book of Romans, and to us as well, as we're reading this, that we can be free from any condemnation that we are under because we, in fact, are made righteous with God. And so he, he writes this in Romans chapter 8, verses 1, I'm sorry, yes, verse, verses 1 through 4. Paul writes th these words. He says, there is therefore now, now meaning now that you have placed faith in Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Do you see the beauty in these verse, verses? That we who once were under condemnation because of whatever we had done, we can be free from that condemnation because the law of the Spirit of life has set us free from condemnation. And so this Easter Sunday morning, I'm very pleased to tell you, you who have trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, that your sins have indeed been forgiven. Should I say that again? <laughs> Maybe I should say that again so that I can get a hearty acclamation that you who have believed in Jesus, your sins have been forgiven. Amen. And you who are yet to place your faith in Jesus, your sins can be forgiven. I'm told that a king had had enough with some of his soldiers who had been very rebellious. And so he ordered that these rebellious soldiers should be put to death. But when they surrendered their arms and threw themselves at his feet and begged him for mercy, he pardoned them, prompting one of his friends to ask, Your Majesty, did you not say that every rebel should die? To which the king replied, Yes, but I see no rebels here. I see no rebels here. When you fall on your knees in repentance before God, he does not see that as rebellion. He sees that as submission. Fourthly and finally, peace be with you prepares us to receive what the Father has promised. Jesus said to his disciples, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. 
And so what had the father promised is your question. The answer is this. We rely on John again to tell us this in chapter 16, verses 7 through 13. I have abbreviated it some. Jesus says this to his disciples, I tell you the truth. In other words, what I'm telling you right now is true. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, capital H, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And so what the Father had promised was the Helper, capital H. The Spirit of Truth, capital S. He would be God in us. In other words, we can't see God physically. No one can do that. But we can experience God inside. He lives in us through his Holy Spirit. He guides us into all truth. He helps us in all of our trials and our difficulties. He comforts us in all of our griefs. And there's some of us this morning who are grieving the loss of loved ones. He comforts us. He fills us with power to take the message of forgiveness and salvation to our neighbors and our family members and our friends. Now John tells us that Jesus did something significant to his disciples after he had spoken these words to them. John tells us that he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. He equipped them with the power and with the confidence to go and live out the Great Commission. To go into all the world and preach the gospel of repentance for the, for the forgiveness of sins. I believe that the disciples would not have been able to do that. To travel from Jerusalem to Samaria to Judea and to all the parts of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ to a hostile world without the Spirit of God within them. So there was no way that they could do that. I believe that God wants to fill every Christian, every disciple, every person who has faith in Jesus Christ. God wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit so that we are empowered to share the gospel, which we are still very reluctant to do. Might it be because we have not availed ourselves of what the Father promised, the Holy Spirit who empowers us? Let's move down quickly to our bottom line this morning, which is this, that the peace that Jesus offers is still available. It's available to you and me for the taking. I want to challenge you with just two takeaway points from this message this morning, the first of which is this, let go of your whatever. I've, le I've purposefully left that space blank in your notes because I want you to go ahead and fill that in with whatever you need to let go of this morning. Let go of your whatever and let Jesus set you free. 
I want to ask you this morning, what do you have in your hand today that you won't let go of in exchange for the peace that Jesus is offering you this morning? What do you have in your memory that keeps you from being able to look Jesus in the eye without feeling shame? What is it? What do you have in your heart that is walling you off from the forgiveness that Jesus is offering to you freely this morning without any condition? He's just offering that to you. I want to challenge you this morning to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. Give it to Jesus and receive his four-word greeting to you this morning. Peace be with you. I want to also ask you this morning to confess, as Thomas did thousands of years ago, confess him to be my Lord and my God. My Lord. Not my grandma's Lord, but mine. My personal Lord and God. I want to challenge you to declare in the name of Jesus that you are free and that you're no longer bound by the burdens and the things that have held you captive. You are free. God has set you free. He has set you free to walk in freedom and to receive the peace that he offers you. And so I'm going to ask this morning, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, not putting anybody on the spot, I'm just asking you this morning, is there any person here who needs to let go of something in order to receive the peace and the forgiveness that Jesus is only too willing to offer this morning? If there is, may I just see your hand? Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see a third. Yes, I see a fourth. Yes, I see a fifth. Yes, I see a sixth. I see a seventh. Amen. Let us pray together. Father, for these seven persons who have raised their hands, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus, and by the authority of Jesus, that you would cause them to receive, first of all, to let go of whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, whether it is guilt or shame or fear, to release that to you by faith and to receive the forgiveness and peace that you offer. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if any of you who have raised your hands wants to talk to me afterwards, I am more than happy to meet with you for a few minutes. Here's my second challenge to you this morning. Let Jesus breathe afresh on you. Now I say that even amidst a time when it is no longer cool to breathe on somebody, right? <laughs> because we know what COVID, you know, and long COVID have done to us. And so we, we're not going there, right? I'm not talking about somebody's breath, however. I'm talking about Jesus's. That's not contaminated at all. And when he breathes on you, what he's offering you is his Holy Spirit, as he did his disciples. Now somebody says that the Holy Spirit is the missing person of the Trinity. The missing person of the Trinity, because somehow we tend to give more recognition to Jesus, the Son, and God the Father, than we do to God the Holy Spirit. 
No wonder sometimes that we are not empowered to live the kinds of victorious lives that God wants us to live. I'm not saying that we're all going to be perfect. But I believe that as Christians, we have been settling for far too less. God wants to give us and empower us with the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's our helper. He's our comforter. He's the one who guides us into all truth. He's the one who gives us the power to triumph over whatever the devil throws at us. And he does throw plenty at us. I want to ask you this morning, receive these words from Jesus. They are four. Four words for four other words that he could have said to us that he did not. He's saying to us this morning, peace be with you. Let us pray together. God, how grateful we are this morning for the reality of the resurrection. God, we're not ashamed this morning to confess that the resurrected Jesus lives within our hearts. We're unafraid and unashamed to declare you to be my Lord and my God. Thank you for the peace that you offer us this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we are no longer at enmity with you. We have been reconciled to you, and therefore we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray.